Mesdames et Messieurs, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles Daniel MacDonald on World Radio Paris and Monaco. Brought to you in association with Force Magazine. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio France, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Stanley MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. Coming up in today's show, I'll be making a comprehensive review of the recent European menswear ready-to-wear collections for spring-summer 2024, which took place across London, Milan and Paris. Three weeks of style in one fashion file. London Fashion Week Spring-Summer 2024 was notable for its past schedule, with just a handful of designers choosing to show at the event, which went co-ed last June. Headline names included Daniel W. Fletcher, Martine Rose, as has come tradition, the designer chose to show off the official schedule, and Saul Nash, who will close out the event on Monday evening of the 12th of June. Despite this, the weekend's heady weather gave a celebratory air to proceedings, providing a particularly fitting setting for SMR Day's London Fashion Week debut. The resortwear brand is known for its effortless warmwear wardrobe. Talks, lunches and parties completed the lineup, comprising the usual amalgam of emerging young designing names. In particular, graduate shows from Ravensbourne and Westminster Universities and those who have longed to call the city home. Saul Nash Wilmack prize-winning designer Saul Nash said that this was a season of exploration for what he called the intersections of his identity, namely the heritage of his parents. His mother was born in Barbados and his father is of English and Mauritian descent. Born and raised in the UK, I look at everything through the lens of growing up in London, the designer said. When you visit these places, you're wearing Western clothing, such as your tracksuit or shorts, such as you would wear in the city. But in these countries, you're wearing it on a beach. This collection is about misfitting of identity into places we are familiar with. And as such, the space at London's ICA Gallery had been transformed into a simulacrum of a tropical beach, inspired by memories of travelling to Mauritius as a child. Intersection came to in the garments themselves, which saw NASA's signature high-wear knitwear meet speedo-style swimming trunks and wetsuits. Fish embroidery and a vibrant oceanside palette, turquoise, sea blue and ultramarine, combined the uplifting beachside mood that Nash said was inspired by island life, and it certainly was. Other pieces had a more subtle resonance for the designer, like a homage to the river Gosses Ganda, which appeared on a trouser and track top set, nodding to his grandfather's Hindu faith and its power as a symbol of migrant influence, particularly, he noted, in Guyana, Trinidad, Sumarin and Mauritius. I realised these elements of what shaped the cultures I have known, and they were formed by people migrating throughout the world, he said. Martine Rose Martine Rose marked a return to London last season, as she showed as part of the Pitti Uomo menswear fair in Florence with an intimate show at a community centre come social club in North London. The setting came complete with branded beer mats, pints of Stella Artois and barbs of Tato crisps. 
Rose said that the choice of location was indeed purposeful after taking over an old marketplace in Florence's grand historic city centre for her last outing. This time she saw the intimacy of community and such spaces that have traditionally encapsulated Britain, from discos to subcultural gatherings. As is typical of Rose's work, there was an off-work kilter, a subversive approach to traditional tailoring and streetwear which teetered between strangeness and sensuality. Oversized suiting was constructed from terry cloth and devore motifs. Diaphanous slip tops and low-cut technical shapewear made for men and women, and high-vis workwear appeared scuffed with use. The location, which elicited cheers from the gathered crowd, also featured collaborations with Narcs and Nike, including a new take on her now ubiquitous heel Nike socks, MR4 sneakers. Avvatev Sweet Summer Retreat was the evocative title of Natev gave his Spring Summer 24 collection, which looked towards the swaggering of 60s style, style musicians, such as Rolling Stones frontman Mick Jagger for inspiration. In particular, a white dress and musician wore to perform on stage back in 69. Vatev noted the influence the outfit continues to have on the androgynous look of today, and the check and check tartan suiting Jagger spotted in London streets back in the late 60s and early 70s. These reference points were melded with the Bulgarian designer's eye for sharp graphic silhouettes, often work features idiosyncratic cuts and slice-away elements, like an open front suit with keyhole fastening, work toggle fastening tops, or lace-up collar point shirts with a gentle peplum at the hem. Other pieces simply channel Jagger's sense of abandon, shimmering mini-sequins, frayed denim and skimpy mini-shorts, proved a loving all to his imitable on-stage style. W. Fletcher united with Huntsman Savile Row, a bespoke tailor on the historic street that inspired the setting of Kingsman movies, for a collection that the designer said was an ode to Britain's rich history of craft and making. Precision, integrity, nuance and a forever future-facing drive described the collection's notes. Presented within the ornamental salons of Ari Burlington House, the collection saw Fletcher's sharp minimal silhouettes elevated with Huntsman's 174 years of expertise in a process which took six months of a close collaboration. Nindus folk suits, which will be available at Huntsman Savile Row and 12 ready-to-wear styles, drew inspiration from the tailor's archive, including a stitch motif that recalls the basting stitches used in the creation of a suit. A feeling of fluidity defined the collection's strongest points. Lightweight, diaphanous wool trousers, oversized dress shirts and necktie blouses astutely married a feeling of heritage with Fletcher's distinctly modern touch. SRDs and founded by industry veterans Adam Shapiro, Dan May and Gautam Rajini back in 2020, 
Their combined expertise includes creative direction, styling, marketing and public relations for some of the world's best-known brands. SMR Day's Promise is a comprehensive warm wearer wardrobe elevated with moments of craft, in particular traditional techniques from India, where Rajani is from. Fittingly presented on the sun Saturday afternoon, models lounged on colourful boxes stacked on a Marylebone terrace in a new collection, which continued to be the trio's exploration of holiday staples, from signature fluid shirting to easy riffs on menswear albeit with a barefoot sensuality. New additions to the offering included jewellery and a collaboration with Luis Moraes, knitwear which was lightweight with weave cotton, and an expanded bag made offerings for the collaboration with ethical and fair trade Bangladesh brand Maison Bengal. We are thrilled to be showing for the first time in London, said the trio of the decision to move to London Fashion Week for the first time. SMR Days is based on our love of travel, we're from all over, New Orleans, Mumbai and Cape Town, but London is our home, this is where the brand was born and based. Kwazimi and Hoor Al-Kazimi, the creative director of the brand, noted that this season she took inspiration from the works of Sudanese artist Kamali Ibrahim Ishak. I've had the pleasure of working with Kamala on many occasions and we have known each other for a very long time. It's been a wonderful opportunity to collaborate with her this season, and she's worked with using her own designs on Sudanese frobes in the past. She said nothing that she hoped working with an artist from Suzanne would help shine the light on the current violent unrest within her country. Ishak's Women in Crystal Cubes, 1984, served as his creation point for the collection, mirrored here in the collection's rich earthy palette. Craft was also central to the creation of this collection, and Kazimi's minimally designed, gently oversized pieces lent richness by traditional silk printing and embroidery. Although Kazimi showed the work of two designers from its Kazimi Rising fashion incubator, Omer Asim and Salim Azam, and next season there'll be plenty more to follow. Browns for Crenshaw Steak Club Founded by Toby McIntosh when he was a 14-year-old in Los Angeles, Crenshaw State Club has evolved into a cult skating label, ever-growing but still defiantly underground. A collaboration with British retailer Browns, part of the Farfetch Beach Initiative, was revealed at London Fashion Week, showcasing an exclusive new collection for the streetwear prodigy, who has undertaken previous partnerships with Nike, Lacoste, LA Clippers and more. He also uses the brand to amplify the work on young creators and entrepreneurs from LA Crenshaw's neighbourhood. The collaboration is very special and symbolic of Crenshaw Skate Club's next step, into the world of cut and sew, which has been a goal of mine ever since I was a kid, he says of the pieces, which span tie-dare workwear, jackets, shirts printed with the Crenshaw Square and coordinating denim sets. With this exclusive, we've been able to take Crenshaw Street Club's message international, which is to represent and empower inner-city skaters. The origin of the brand is hyper-local, but the message can be applied to kids all over the world.
Best of Milan Fashion Week Men Spring Summer 2024. From Valentino's return to the calendar to stellar shows from British imports J.W. Anderson and Charles Jeffrey Loverboy, there was a lot to process this season. So, here's everything you need to know from Milan Fashion Week Men's Best Shows. Valentino and the inspiration for Valentino's menswear collection was unexpected, to say the least. Hania Yanagihara's 2015 novel, A Little Life. For anyone who's read the epic tome, you'll know it's not exactly an uplifting tale. Instead, Valentino's Pierpaolo Piccioli chose to use the text as a basis for the examination of shifts in masculinity. Drawing from the lines, things get broken and sometimes they get repaired. And in most cases, you have to realise that no matter what gets damaged, life rearranges itself to compensate for your loss. Sometimes wonderfully. It led him to stage a show in the garden of La Statale, Milan's public university. Students were divided to watch the show from the courtyard and treated to a live performance by indie rap artist T4VD. Many of them have probably read A Little Life and like them, you might be asking, how exactly does a depressing tale of pain and abuse materialise as a collection from one of Italy's few couture houses? Well, a handful of all-white looks opened the show, perhaps symbolising innocence and purity. Then came a suite of sombre black tailoring, worn over the buttoned-up shirts and ties of conventional manhood. Only to be followed by what Pia Paolo does best, those zingy colour combos, floral intensities and that artful balance of volume and structure and slightly ethereal romanticism. Floral motifs apparently symbolised life, their stems lining the fastenings of boxy shirts with petals, blooming from colours almost like ties. The Japanese concept of kintutsi, meaning golden seams, and describing the careful reparation of imperfect or broken objects, seemed to inform the patchwork intensities and blink-and-you-miss-it appliques. More literally, quotes from Yanagihara's pages were printed across a black-tailored suit and on the front of a pair of denim trousers. A handful of bags were made in collaboration with Japanese brand Porter. One of them read, We are so old we've become young again. An apt metaphor, perhaps, for the way that some of the oldest tricks in the book, Satori is speaking, can be reinvigorated to feel fresh again. Masculinity may be changing, but there's never been a more incentive to put on a shirt and tie. Over at Emporio Armani, moonlight glints over a seascape. Parched rocks and desert scenes opened the notes to Armani's latest collection. Darkness spreads, diluted by a light that makes surfaces oily and shimmering. This season it was clear right from the get-go that Mr Armani was in the mood for something a bit darker and mysterious. Right from the opening sequence of fluid black tailoring, it was clear there was some Asian and North African influences on the predominantly nocturnal collection. Tassels of silk dangling from kimono-like tailoring, Japanese floral appliques in gossamer sequence, and monastic beaded necklines worn over plunging silk. Wide-legged silk tailoring was more commonly found in warmer climates. Silk scarves were tied around heads, and the overall result was something more lush and diaphanous, and perhaps more in sync with the softening of menswear codes elsewhere. This was Mr Armani at his best, perhaps reminding the world that no one can cut a suit better. He offered up his trademarks with a renewed sense of fluidity, literality 
and figurative. Tonawig reach a bit eastern and a whole lot of fabulous way flowing tailoring that would look great on Hollywood's new generation of enjoined twinks. But that wasn't the end of it, and Mr. Romani is a man of many talents, his empire vast and varied. Case in point, after the finale of his Moody Night Sky collection, out came a dozen or so Italian Olympic athletes, half of them Paralympians who traversed the Teatro Armani runway in a capsule collection for the national kit which will be worn in the 33rd edition of the Olympic Games in Paris next summer. They held up those red, white and green flags as a national anthem played. And it seemed fitting in a way. This was a reminder of why Mr Romani is still a national treasure, both in Italy and in the international world of fashion. W. Anderson's latest collection was predominantly made up of knitwear in a myriad of textures and silhouettes. A handful of knitted slip dresses came with slinky but bulbous tubes on the bias. Drawstring hoodies came with panels of bare chest. A couple of sweaters with mismatched sleeve lengths were given big metallic polka dots, and crochet tabars were dramatically woven, almost like jigsaw pieces. Bubbly, waffly knits came in bright colour scapes almost as if knitted by numbers. And then there was a statement show t-shirt, great big bundles of shaggy fringing and balls of yarn that a kitten would have a field day with, worn over slouchy black trousers. So why was there so much knitwear? Well, we're still in this moment of reduction, explained Jonathan backstage, repeating himself from his last few post-show chats. He was thinking about furniture and carpets and raw materials, he explained as well as domestic objects like Cornish ware, the blue and white striped ceramics found in many British homes, which were blown up into a maze-like set for the show. You got the sense that he was zooming into the domestic in a quest to turn the mundane into something marvellous and the banal into something brilliant. Unusually, Jonathan didn't say much more, except his work on Luca Guandiano's upcoming film has given him a renewed interest in realism. He asked himself what he would want to wear if he was a young boy today and set about creating a collection that was direct in its simplicity and free of gimmicks. Instead, it was a soundtrack. A chaotic mix of Frank Ocean records, dancehall classics, pop songs that offered a deeper insight into his thought process. We went on SoundCloud, we picked one track and it was whatever the order was and it was like bam bam bam, Jonathan explained. I feel like I've been at people's houses and I was watching people literally plug it in while everyone's having a drink. It's just whatever's served up to you in some form of calculated decision. The music he added mirrored the sense of spontaneity in the collection and the phrase he kept coming back to, it is what it is. And what it is is interesting close, perhaps a bit more wearable than in previous seasons, but without that trademark conceptualism, that keep pundits coming back for more. At Prada, the word fluidity has been thrown around a fair bit in fashion in recent years, 
most often referring to the seesaw of conversations around gender, androgyny and things like skirts and pussy boys. Perhaps as a prophetic sign of the times, Prada's show helped to reinforce the conversation instead of focusing on a more literal interpretation of the notion. As Nine Inch Nails blasted out of the anti-slip stainless steel walls of Fondazione Prada's Deposito, the kind you might find in a construction site, gloopy trickles of slime began pouring down from the ceiling, piling up into the foamy floors and forming a tunnel for the models to emerge through, like a scene from Alien. But before the show even started, you knew this was going to be interesting. Prada is always best when there's some kind of tension or juxtaposition, or even paradox, to borrow from the title of their latest perfume. The show was entitled Fluid Form, and you could smell the tension from a mile off. Often, it is looking to the past that we discover the most insightful readings of the present, and over at Etro, the fact that Marco Di Vincenzo was recently appointed director, discovered on returning to Messina, his Italian hometown. While there, he happened upon Cesare Ripa's iconology, a 17th century repertoire filled with allegorical images depicting virtues, qualities and vices. Rather than be drawn in by the ancient tome's content, he was struck by how these images were created for the sake of communication, an ulterior message beyond more representation. Basically worked in the same way that the memes were freely circulate today. It made him think, doesn't fashion operate much the same way? Is getting dressed not also a deed that changes image making with communicative powers? Well, the collection he presented in Milan this week was his go-to at figuring out the eclectic melee of decadent prints and languid silhouettes the house is so well known for. Leather vests and brocade trims sat atop roomy bleached denim dungarees, and rich silk jacket shirts and caftans fluttered next to fringe coats draped from heavy shawls. Nets came in psychedelic grids and bobbled, see anemone-like textures, while images from Marco's original source of inspiration figured on jacquard shirts. GM and just a couple of years back, reading that an Italian creative director had drawn inspiration from an African holiday would have had us clenching our jaws and sighing with resignation. But today's have changed, and after all, Chanel taking to Dakar to present a collection that looked to the vibrant dresses of West Africa, Dior's recent homage to the Indian craft, and TikTok girlies seemingly more concerned with whether or not such and such a celeb should culturally appropriate it, would seem that the general perspective on and conversations around fashion as a forum for intercultural exchange has shifted since back in 2018. Whether it has altogether grown more nuanced is another question, and for his spring-summer 2024 menswear collection, Massimo Giorgetti, head honcho at WSGM, reminisced on a recent trip to Tanzania, presenting Sojno Off-Road, 
a sartorial of song of praise to the East African nation's sublime landscapes. It should be noticed that that's probably what stopped the collection from erring on the Ifring side of the cultural appropriation debate, though one could argue looking to distant lands while completely overlooking the cultures may have incubated, not to mention failing to work with craftspeople that live on them, is no less objectifying. But anyway, rather than risk the inevitable misstep of celebrating Tanzanian culture, Massimo took inspiration from a place where the early morning sun illuminates uncharted lands. Aruli Suites, translating dusty browns, savannah greens, celestial blues and ombre hues to lush tailoring, ruggedly practical micro shorts and pocketed skirts. Rounding out this eccentric safari wardrobe were crushed velvet cargo trousers alongside billowing bowling shirts and tank tops printed with saturated iPhone shots of Lion King worthy vistas, taken by Massimo himself. It wasn't just a matter of clothes that nodded to the sort you might wear while riding in the jeep, though, with cow prints recalling the animals roaming on African plains and the frayed detailing on black tailored looks echoing zebra stripes. Finally, Charles Jeffrey Loverboy, and for many in the British fashion industry, as included, the recent coronation of King Charles III passed pretty much unnoticed, save for the extra day's holiday rest that allowed us. For Charles Jeffrey himself, the de facto King of East London queers, it promptly gave a reflection what exactly is this new historical era, what would it bring, and perhaps more crucially, what if anything will change? The question that his namesake label, Charles Jeffrey Loverboy, presented in Milan, his summer for a show in the city, no less, was in many senses a manifesto for the future he envisages for these new Carolinians, us, torchbearers for the radical power of queer futurity. A celebration of the rebellious in subordinate spirit that has characterised British fashion over the years. The collection saw accents lifted for the sort of garments that the original Carolians wore. Tricorn hats, lace trimmed collars, frill drafts, were collaged with clothes that were eminently of the here and now highlighter hued sportswear, stretch mesh tops, polite strewn mini skirts and dresses, and jumper knitted dresses with zany zany prints. It was on the graphic front so that Charles' future intentions for the seasons made themselves most adamantly felt with this season marking the designer's very first experimentations with AI-assisted design. The result of this dipping into his toe, these designs remained in uncharted territories and it was a delightfully unhinged print floral what was found on track jackets, flounced dresses, leggings, caps and skirts, proving that despite the fear and cynicism that currently covers conversations around the use of AI in fashion, the future is indeed here, and it's one well leaning into. Long live King Charles. Geoffrey, that is.
I hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show where I'll be critiquing Paris's Joe and the Crown and one of the biggest weeks in French fashion, the Couture Week collections for Autumn Winter 2023-2024. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.